0: who haven't met him yet. It's a parasocial podcast hosted by me. Hello, I'm Sarah. Good to talk to you. How's it going? How's everything in your life? How are the kids? How's the dog? How are you? I don't know why I keep starting these episodes talking about the weather. Sometimes I'm on the side of talking about the weather. I'm not much of a small talk person, but sometimes, particularly when We get through winter and spring finally arrives. I feel like we need to talk about the weather because the weather has a direct correlation to our mental health. I hope things are going well in your life and that you're enjoying the springtime. I was just talking to my very good friend about the idea of like trying to really turn the corner on your thoughts about winter. She was sending me a clip from a podcast that I can't remember the name of in this moment but of these people talking about how like they're engaging in like hygge-centric activities and things like that and it's really making a difference to get through winter and I always feel that way every winter like look at me you know knitting um a Christmas stocking baking cookies like there's no tomorrow look at me lighting a candle you know and just doing the best that I can in this moment and all of that is well and good but as soon as spring rolls around I'm like oh I I did not turn the corner on winter just like that uh TikTok trend that's going around about how like you don't feel like you have any sort of seasonal effectiveness issue until the sun comes out for the first time in like four months and you feel like you just popped a molly or whatever it is it's the truth that's it that's the weather talk we'll move on. Today's episode is a bit of a departure from the previous ones because uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about some of the parasocial-centered media that's coming out as of late. I mentioned in a previous episode that I recently saw. I don't even know which Scream movie I saw. Whichever one is like new to Netflix, that's the one I watched. It had a theme of parasocial relationships. I don't know. And I keep seeing these things come up where I'm like, is this like that pervasive of a theme that it just comes up so often or like what's going on and the show that I'm about to talk to you about is a perfect example have you seen swarm this is a show that came out recently within the past couple weeks I think it came out on St. Patrick's Day I want to say I didn't know anything about this show at all when I started watching it I just I follow Billie Eilish on Instagram (laughs) And I saw that she posted something, a clip from a scene. You'll probably know it if you've seen it. And I was thinking to myself, wow, she looks like she did a great job in that. Let me investigate further. Little did I know the entire show is rooted in a parasocial relationship. I do want to put some disclaimers out there. First of all, there are going to be some light spoilers in This episode. So, if you have not seen Swarm and you're interested in it, then maybe skip this one. But I'm going to keep it as light as possible so that if by chance you're like, I don't know if I'm going to watch this, and then you end up watching it later on, hopefully I don't, you know, there's no major plot spoilers in here, just kind of general thematic spoilers, I guess I'll say. (laughs) Also, if you haven't seen the show, Just know that there is, I mean, I don't even know where to start in terms of, like, trigger warnings and content warnings in here. But in this specific podcast episode, trigger warning that there's going to be a mention of suicide and just some generally dark themes throughout. Some background on Swarm. It's available now on, I believe, Amazon Prime. This is a show created by Donald Glover and Janine Neighbors. I love everything Donald Glover does big fan of Atlanta, big fan of all of his music. I listen to the Because the Internet album at least every December because what's weird is that album came out in December of 2013, I believe. And I listened to it a whole lot in that time period. And now I almost equate it with Christmas, like holiday music, (laughs) even though it's definitely not bad. But every, every time December rolls around, I just get this urge to play it. And Atlanta is obviously incredible. What is there to say? I always found it so cool with Atlanta that each episode is often its own entire concept and they create all new characters and a whole new storyline and everything for certain episodes and even though it's just that episode and you you have no idea even what's about to happen throughout the course of the 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever it draws you in from the very first second you just trust the name Atlanta you trust Donald and Steven Glover and you just know that whatever you're going to watch is going to be good and you're going to be thinking about it for ages afterwards. So anyway, back to Swarm. It's a character study of Dre, played by Dominique Fishback, who's obsessed with a pop star named Nyjah. And it's safe to say that she crosses over into the pathological stage of parasocial relationships (laughs) that we talked about a few weeks back. Her obsession with Nisha becomes increasingly violent as the season goes on. Before every episode of Swarm, there's a disclaimer that appears on the screen that reads, This is not a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual events is intentional which sets the tone for what's about to happen because throughout the entire series, it sort of blends together events that have actually happened and people that actually exist with this story that is in fact fictional. And I've noticed that with the promotion of the show as well. Donald Glover posted on Instagram a series of like, you know, the cameo website where you can pay for a celebrity to send you a personal message which is a whole other topic that we could talk about on here of course because it's rooted in parasocial relationships and Donald Glover knows that and so he posted like this series of quote-unquote cameos from different celebrities claiming they never said anything bad about Nyjah and they support the swarm which I think is just genius because again it sort of blurs what is real and based in facts and what is part of the show. And I think that really, it's so creepy. And it also drives home the point that like, this is a story, but it's also, I I don't know if it's possible, but the individual events that occur in the show are certainly possible. And the whole idea of being obsessed with someone to the point of stalking them and um, attempting to harm them, obviously very possible. The first clue beyond that, that uh, this is a show about parasocial relationships is the name of the show, Swarm. It may remind you of a certain fandom affectionately called the Beehive. There are subtle references to Beyonce's music and tours and all kinds of little Easter eggs throughout the show. For instance, Nija plays Bonnaroo, whereas Beyonce played Beechella or Coachella. Beyonce had the On The Run 2 tour and Nyjah's tour was called Running Scared 2. But I found that the show itself is less about that specific fandom. It's not making fun of Beyonce's fans. It's just like taking certain examples from that fandom and kind of applying it to the idea of fandom in general, if that makes sense. But even still, there are some interesting and tragic stories related to Beyonce's fandom that may have inspired the show. There's this article in IndieWire that talks about when Janine Neighbors said in a Q&A, quote, in April 2016, when a certain visual album dropped, there was a rumor that a girl named Marissa Jackson killed herself because she realized that a certain pop star was being cheated on by her husband, unquote. Not so subtly referencing Beyonce's Lemonade. And Janine talks about how she heard about this and talked about it in a text thread with some of her friends and thought it was real until eventually that was just dispelled as not being true. But similar to that event, even though, you know, that didn't actually happen, Swarm also begins in April 2016 when Dre maxes out a new credit card to get Nija tickets for her and her sister, and her sister's name in the show is Marissa Jackson. So that one is pretty on the nose, that reference. Janine Neighbors also said that every episode of Swarm deals with either real news stories, real events, or internet rumors that have been adapted for the show. So again, I won't spoil any of the murders in the show, but know that there are murders in the show, and many of them have roots in real murder and. Investigations, or as Janine said, kind of internet rumors uh, that are based in this idea of fandom. Something I found interesting from that same article in IndieWire is they reference Janine Neighbors talking about how white men are primarily the main character, even when it comes to serial killers. Like I think the Jeffrey Dahmer show that came out on Netflix, which I could not stomach. Even that was like one of the most successful shows in Netflix's history, I think. That's not based on any article I have here, but I'm pretty sure that's true. (laughs) According to Janine Neighbors, when Donald Glover came up with the idea for Swarm, he referenced a tweet that asked, quote, why does every black woman on TV have to be a therapist or a funny best friend or someone looking for love or a teacher? we can be crazy, we can be serial killers too, and the rest is swarm, unquote. So that's, that's essentially the basis of the show. And as soon as I sort of realized the basic premise and these kind of connections to the Beehive, Beyonce's fandom, I was like, what, what's going on? Is this based on a true story? Or what's happening? Like this idea of like, is this real? Or is this fictional? And according to this article, I read on people.com, Beyonce had no involvement in the series, even though obviously Donald Glover and Beyonce are friends and have worked together in the past and after the South by Southwest premiere Janine Neighbors said quote-unquote of course Beyonce had seen the show but couldn't share any more information but apparently the morning after that Q&A she took back her statement and said she doesn't know who's seen the series and who hasn't. Hmm things that make you go Hmm. <laughs> a few other connections to Beyonce in the show. The character of Dre, her sister Marissa, is played by Chloe Bailey, who is signed to Beyonce's label, Parkwood. At one point in the show, Dre actually gets the chance to meet Nija, but she hallucinates and thinks she's eating what looks to me like a plum, and it's later revealed That she did not, in fact, eat a plum, but she actually bit Nyjah. And that becomes like a recurring theme in the show for characters to ask, who bit Nyjah? And there's a hilarious little bit on a daytime talk show called Helen, which doesn't leave much to the imagination (laughs) in terms of what that's based on, where someone gets sort of interrogated into into giving an answer to that question. And you can actually find a clip of John Legend on Ellen being asked that same question about who bit Beyonce Because there is a whole mystery surrounding um, this after party for Jay-Z's 444 album. Is that how you say that? I'm so uneducated. I apologize. Is it called 444 or 444? I'm not sure. Please roast me for that. I was reading this Vogue article that talks about how Tiffany Haddish claims that she knows who did it, who bit Beyonce. And she's named her. I'm not going to name her here. And so I guess that's no longer a mystery, but just a weird pop culture phenomenon. I don't know what else to say about that. So that's it in terms of like the true stories that the show is based on. But I think it's quite cool that, as I say, like the show starts out in April 2016 and it sort of coincides with this internet rumor of an event that happened in April 2016. And they sort of plot all these different events that actually happened or were things that were talked about, at least, um, even if they were just rumors in real life here in reality. And they sort of took that timeline and created a, you know, a fulsome story that incorporates all these different events that Uh, happen to Dre or that Dre makes happen in the show. I also thought it was really cool that there are all these appearances by people who either have fandoms around them or have fandoms kind of adjacent to them. Like Billie Eilish, of course, Paris Jackson, Michael Jackson's daughter, is in the show for at least one episode. Chloe Bailey, who I mentioned already, and Ricky Thompson, who is a well-known internet personality. I loved the show. I thought it was amazing. I kind of want to watch it a second time um, because it's one of those things that I feel like you understand better after seeing it twice. The reason I'm talking about this show today is because the plot of it is so rooted in this parasocial relationship between Dre and Nyjah but I think it's also really interesting that Dre went to all these great lengths to defend Nyjah and defend her name but Dre didn't actually make much of an attempt to connect with Nyjah to get to know her you know what I mean she did attend her concerts and bit her and things like that but she didn't go out of her way to present herself to Nyjah. You know, much of the show is just kind of about Dre defending Nyjah's name and defending her glory as opposed to like really connecting with her, which I feel like is a major difference between Dre's parasocial relationship and many others. As I've talked about in previous episodes, like a big part about being a fan is connecting with other fans and connecting with the object of your parasocial relationship in some way. And Dre didn't do any of that. Dre didn't seem very interested in connecting with anyone who was also a fan of Nyjah. So all of that makes me wonder, what was she hoping to get out of this, really? Was she hoping that these things, these actions that Dre carried out would eventually reach Nyjah? Or like, what was the plan? My thought, and this is a big spoiler, it happens in the first episode, so if you're past there, that's fine. But just know that I'm about to say a big spoiler. My thought is that all these things that took place, all these actions that Dre took, were less about Nyjah. They were ultimately all about avenging Dre's sister's death and trying to gain her sister's acceptance even after death rather than gain Nyjah's acceptance. Nija was more like a symbol, like an access point to Dre, rather than somebody that she genuinely wanted to connect with. I Yeah, I really think it had more to do with her missing her sister than anything else. And it's probably safe to assume that that's a common... That the creators of the show are making on maybe parasocial relationships in general. Like, you know, we seek out these relationships with people we don't know in order to make up for the shortcomings of the real life relationships we have? Question mark. Just a working theory that I have. But there's something to that, for sure. I mean, let's be honest. I can even admit that of my own parasocial relationship that I'm sure... I was compensating for something. Even if I wasn't fully conscious of it in the moment, that's probably what was going on, at least to some degree. Maybe I wanted another friend. Maybe I was, you know, blooming into a teenager and needed a powerful crush in my life. Maybe all of the above. I don't know. I think that that's a fair point to make. And obviously, Dre kind of again, really takes it to the extreme here. Yeah, I see what they're doing. I see what they're doing. I see what they're saying. I'm picking up what they're putting down. I'm reading their mail. And, you know, I get it. I like it. Also, I just want to say, I think I have seen Dominique Fishback's other work, at least a bit of it, but she is absolutely incredible. Wow. i I don't it's the best performance I feel like I've seen from an actor in a really long time she's like a shapeshifter. it's like what I would use to describe her because from episode to episode as you'll see if you watch it or if you have watched it she transforms into these other versions of her character and you you don't recognize the version of her you saw in the previous episode almost like it's just she's so talented I think that she's so incredible and I can't wait to see what else she does in the future. I'm thinking of doing a few more episodes coming up that are steeped in a particular fandom just to kind of do a deep dive and an analysis of what's happened in that fandom, the good and the bad. So if you have any ideas for that Feel free to DM me on Instagram at SarahSuperGreat, S A R A H S U P E R G R, and then the number eight. Or you can send me an email at haven't met him yet at gmail.com. Would love to hear what you want to hear more about. I did get a recommendation to talk about like the streaming community, and I think specifically was it Minecraft, I think, and what's going on there. I don't, that's, that's outside of my purview, so I'll have to. To investigate that one. But yeah, that's it. I'm wishing you a lovely week and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.